Well, hello. Today's interview is Alison Brock. Alison was part of the bronze medal winning US Olympic dressage team at Rio in 2016. Her story is amazing. She's a normal person. Well, when I say normal, she grew up in Hawaii, which was very undressage of her, but she's doing extraordinary things, so she's a really good one to pay attention to. She left home as a teenager to pursue her riding dreams, and through sheer hard work, and I really mean hard work, she reached the top of her sport. In this interview, Alison talks about how being highly motivated, hardworking, and driven can find you quite a few fairy godmothers on your journey to the top. She gives her opinion on why the Germans are so good and getting horses into the competition arena happy and healthy. Speaking of which, she talks about her Olympic partner, the Dutch stallion Roosevelt. Alison has been coached and inspired by some great trainers and it's interesting to hear about the problems she overcame to get Roosevelt to the top. We also get an insider's opinion on why Team America, or Team USA, has become so successful, why you need to compete overseas, and by overseas I mean Europe, and why it's best to train horses all the way through from babies. And I had to know what it was like for her to take on her first Olympics. For me though, her best bit of advice was, you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Cool, huh? And by the way, this um, interview was conducted in the stands at um, Rio watching the show jumping. So you'll hear quite a bit of cheering and comments on the horses and riders. So um, please excuse that. It's kind of funny at times. But um, here's Alison. Well, well, I mean, I, ooh, I, um, you know, I'm from Hawaii originally. Oh, okay. I come from non-horsey parents. Um, I started riding when I was seven, just begging. Horse. I just was horse mad. Yeah. And um, my parents were animal lovers, but they didn't really, they have no idea where the horse stuff came from. Um, I was indulged, you know, my grandmother. You're an only child? Or? No, I have a little sister yeah. who's a year and a half. In fact, it's her birthday today. Oh, so I sent her a message. Uh, yes, I sent her a video message on oh, Facebook with cool. my horse from here oh, for her. Cute. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Um, and... Um, yeah, I was just horse crazy and, and started riding, you know, I did dressage and western and pony club and, you know, this horse is done. He's just had enough. Um, and, uh, basically left seven, I left home when I was 17, finished high school and left, up and left. And And you were still in Hawaii? I was still in Hawaii and my parents... We're actually going through a pretty horrible divorce, and so, you know, I'd been told, you know, you should go to college, you need to go to college, uni for you guys, yeah, yeah. and I, I, I just left and bought myself a ticket and went to go work in the States, and I was a working student, um, you know, like, trying to scrap my way through, 17, 18, 18 I moved to Texas, took a job with a Holsteiner breeding farm in Texas, worked for a guy named Jim Eldridge for a year and a half, and um, breaking horses, and then also he gave me, he, like, he let me have a couple FBI horses to ride every day, which was amazing. We're still quite close. Oh, are you? Yeah, so that's that's quite good. And then I got married oh, to an Australian. To 
which is a horrible mistake. Oh. No, but uh, uh, and I was, I was I was a baby. I was 19. Oh. Anyhow, we moved to Kansas City, and um, you know, I I met up with some. I got hired by a lady named Linda Landers right off the bat. Just walked in off the street and said, "I need a job." And unbelievably kind and generous of her, and. Um, yes, and started working in Kansas City and met some incredible people, including a lady named Jan Smith who uh, owned a farm in Wellington, Florida, and let me take her horse to Young Riders the year I was my last year to do it. So but you must have been, everyone's getting horses at this stage, so that you must have had something going on. Uh, you know, when I think back about it. You know, I don't think of myself like that, but I, I think people recognize people that are highly motivated and hardworking and driven. And, um, you know, because I had so many what I call fairy godmothers and people that stepped up and helped me do, you know, get to where I needed to go. And, like, Jan let me come and live in her house. I was going to be in Wellington for one one month. That's all I could afford. And I had a horse with me on consignment from the people that I work for in Texas. Oh, right. And but Jan let me live with her for free. So the horse is from Texas, and this is. They sent me a mare when I went after I went to Kansas City. They sent me a mare to sell, and so I brought that horse to Florida with me. I ended up staying two months, um, and this was. 2000 into the winter of 2000 is 2001 and sue blanks was renting jan smith's arena and so i had very i was working for lauren samus who had a very active sales barn and and um i was avoiding like hell riding in front of sue at all costs because she was like the superstar of the sydney olympics for the u.s or one of the superstars and i was terrified to ride in front of her and one day i just i couldn't the timing was such and and I was riding the mare I had and she really liked her and she said is she for sale I said yes she's for sale I have her here on consignment Um, she said well I want my working student to try her so the working student tried her and didn't get along with her and she tracked me down in the barn and said I want to try the horse but I want to try her as many times as I as I feel I want to see you show her I want to haul her away to another arena see how she is I want to pre pre vet her because like she had all these demands and I said that's fine I want a lesson and yeah so she ended up not yeah I don't even know where it came from that was the thing I just just came out of me so so anyhow she she did not buy the horse, but she did give me a lesson, and she offered me a job. So that was, you know, was there January, February of 2001, and I said to Sue, I said, I need to go do Young Riders because I have this chance, this horse, with Jan Smith's horse, and I will be in Wellington on November 1st to work for you, to start working for you. So I was her last unpaid working student, and um, another fairy godmother of mine bought me a saddlebred Hanoverian gelding that I'd been riding. Um, he was five years old. We didn't pay a whole lot of money for him. And I took, I showed up in Florida with that horse to train with Sue Blinks. And he was adorable. His name was Marky. And we did, I sold him when he was eight and a half, and he was basically doing everything for the Grand Prix. Right. Yeah, Sue gave me a fantastic education. She really, really invested in teaching me how to train. Yes. So, but anyhow, she qualified for the 2002 WEG uh, in Spain, and I went with her. I got divorced and went with her. So you're still married until I was still married until that point. 
got divorced and went with her, and um, we, you know, we lived at Klaus Balkenhalls, and it was great. You know, I met Debbie McDonald and Gunter Seidel and Christine Traurig um, and Lisa Wilcox, and it was just, it was, I was in the mix of it, and I was, here I was, you know, 22 years old, never been out of the country, you know. So, and then we got a silver medal at the WEG, the team silver team medal, yes, with Flim Flam. So. You know, it was really incredible, and I came back, and I worked for her. I always get paranoid. Oh, yeah. Came back, worked for her full-time still as a working student for another, I want to say, I was full-time. What was the difference for you going from America first time in Germany in terms of what you were seeing in the training and everything? Similar to what you were used to, or was it just like? Um, no, it, it it wasn't dissimilar because of the people that I had surrounded myself with. Mm-hmm. That was the nice part. Um, more, it was the culture of okay. of riding and training. I mean, the Germans take it. It's it's a complete lifestyle, and yeah. how they the philosophy, the breeding, just everything. You every know, angle every angle on it, and. And to the horse shows, I mean, the seriousness of the whole thing is, is it's at a different level than I had ever been exposed to. So that was really um, eye-opening for me. And then it was great to be behind the scenes with all of our top riders and see them in a day-in and day-out situation and how they handle it and what it means to be on the backside of these of these kind of events yeah. because people don't realize what goes into getting these horses in the ring yeah. healthy and happy yeah. and you see the ones that aren't yeah. you know and so we're constantly like I'm constantly trying to keep my horse as happy as you know and and positive and feeling as good as he can because I what's your daily routine I mean kind of breaking away here but what's your oh, routine with him well when I'm when I'm home, home yeah. Um, I'm in here, both sort of thing. How have you tried to maintain that? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's still going. It's all right. We'll just wait for them. Yeah. They've had three clear rounds now. George Morris would be happy. Yeah, I know. He's, he was sitting with my coach. Oh, was he? They were, yeah, and George will come back and sit with my coach. Uh, They're like best buddies. Are they? Um, <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah. Normal, normally at home, um, I ride him first thing in the morning, yeah. and he spends quite a bit of time in a snaffle. Okay. Um, but he also, uh, when I, and he hacks out, he loves that in a normal routine. And But he, and he also gets a lot of turnout, and he has not been able to do that since yeah. we've been over here. So that's been a bit rough. Really hard, yeah. But um, he, he, you know, at home it's a much more divvied up between school and play. Yeah. So, and that's been, I think, hard on them here to, you know, this kind of grueling schedule. Yeah. Um, but no, so... But basically, you know, I worked for Sue, started freelancing to earn some income um, in 2003, middle of 2003, and then... So, so you're still working for her? Yeah, but and then I started branch, you know, she hired a groom, so I started riding other horses and trying to earn some income, which yeah. I needed, and which was fine. We had a great arrangement there, and the Kundruns, who 
sponsored her and now sponsor me let me stay at the farm for free i mean this is what i'm saying like so many people helped me yeah whether they knew what they were doing or not you know so and then in 2004 sue decided to move to california and when she did the kundrans offered me her job but, oh wow! Just Claudine rides uh, every day. We've got three Spanish horses for her, and she mm-hmm. she loves Spanish horses. So, yeah. so she's an avid rider, and Fritz is just an avid owner, you know. And uh, um, but anyhow, Sue offered me to come to California too, uh, and well, it was hard. It was it it was hard. I had just sold my saddle varian, and um, I, it was a hard decision for me. But I just decided that you know I would never I didn't know if I'd ever have the chance to be able to start with horses Fritz could buy young horses that were of such quality and I and I'm it was my opportunity to have, sit on that kind of horse flesh no um anyhow so I started working for them and when we we 2003 2004, I started working for them. So Sue Flim Flam unfortunately died that fall. His stomach ruptured, which was horrible. Um, Sue moved to California, and I started working for the Kundrans in October. Okay. And then I've worked for them ever since privately, and the first thing we did is go out and buy a five-year-old Polish horse that we found, and, and his name is PJ, and I did train him up to Grand Prix. Was that in America? In America. Uh, we found him in Europe, but trained him up and in, in, brought him over, and uh, it was a really talented horse, but had some health issues that never really covered, and then... Uh, and I took that horse and another horse with me and trained in California for seven months with Sue. Oh, right. Which was great. Yep. And that's where I met Jeremy. Oh, okay. So that was in 2006. Okay. And was out there for for basically a season. And uh, and it was great because Sue, Gunter Seidel, and Christine Traurig were all the same farm. Okay. So it was, it was cool. Oh, it yeah. was really cool. And then... Um, in Fritzbot Roosevelt in 2007, okay. and um, off a of video. YouTube? It, no, <laughs> Sue had actually tried the horse and said it was really a nice stallion. Um, and where was he at this stage? Where at that stage, he was in Netherlands, and uh, okay. yeah, and Eugène Riesink owned him, oh. and uh, with somebody else, and Fritz. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, um, and Roosevelt qualified with Hans-Peter Minderhada in oh, the okay. saddle uh, for the, to represent Germany for the World Young Horse Championships in the five-year-old. And oh, he ended up... Netherlands? Uh, it was, well, a because German he was a German horse. horse. Okay. So that was quite controversial because okay. you had a German horse on a, with a top Dutch rider owned by an American and Dutch guy going for Germany so that was a little bit <laughs> prickly um, and then I went to train with Jan Brink yep. in um, 2008 and so until then when you were in Wellington on your own who were you training with then? Uh, earlier I was training with Jane Savoy some yep. yeah and she's she's great she's mm-hmm. still like I consider her like a mentor and I really look up to her and, mm-hmm. and um, what was the best thing you got out of her? You know, Jane's attitude is amazing. She's just, she just attacks life. And, and she's fighting cancer right now. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, she's fearless in a way. 
she's just fearless and and that for me was really quite she's very inspiring in, in a lot of ways um, she articulates herself very well too she's very good at explaining things um, so then I went to Jan's and I had PJ who was at that point starting to do everything for the Grand Prix and I said hey Jan I'm bringing this stallion with me I've never met him his name's Roosevelt and he was approved Swedish so he said great I'll put him on my breeding program and um, and I wrote him I did a demo on him in Falstabo for Jan he was six at that point and uh, he had a hell of a time learning a flying change and we ended up I went I was in Sweden for about eight months and we ended up leaving him there I went home because we weren't sure he was going to be a FBI horse. So he was in Sweden when you found... No, he was in the Netherlands. He was in the Netherlands. But you'd moved him to Sweden? We moved him to Sweden. When I went to Europe, we sent the horse up there, and I just met him there. Why, why did you go to Sweden? Because I went to Sweden. Why did you go to Sweden? To train with Jan Brink. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So... Um, and Jan still, we have, we, Fritz owns that stallion Ampere, and Jan still has Ampere for us. So we still have, we have a very good relationship yeah, with yeah. Toolstorp and with Jan and, and everybody there. And, and they're super ecstatic about this, yeah. you know. So, um, so I went to Sweden, we left him there. Jan called me up in the beginning of the horse's seven-year-old year and said, you know, Ali, I think he's going to be okay. I think he's going to be a good horse for you. So I went back to Sweden um, in the fall of 2009 for three months, took the ride over. Um, PJ was doing the, like, I-2s and Grand Prix by that point and uh, came, landed in Wellington in January 2010, like New Year's Day or something. And started showing Roosevelt that month in the small tour stop and developing horse classes. And he did very well. He, he, um, I think we won five out of six of the tests I did in Wellington, scoring anywhere up to like nearly 74. Okay. And, uh, and what, was, what was the change issue? You obviously sorted that out if you Well, Jan sorted that out. Jan sorted that out. I did not sort that out. Well, so, it, well, I'm going to get back to this later because. But he, he sorted out the single changes, and, you know, he just... Roosevelt had a, a very large canter stride, and he's got a short back, but he's very long-legged. And I think just for him to figure out how to use himself, yeah. Because he's a very honest sort of soul. But, you know, I started, then took him out and did his first I-2s. He did very well. I did him in a couple CDIs. He won the Region region 1 Pre-St. George and Inter 1 Open Championship that year. And then I stopped competing him because I knew I needed to start working on the one tempies. And I had already approached Kira Kirkland to see if I could come train with her and her husband the next year. And we had acquired at the end of... Uh, 2010, a horse named Schumacher that had also done very well in the World Young Horse Championships okay. and Buddhist Championade. Um, so my intention was to qualify him for the six-year-olds the next year and um, take him and PJ and Roosevelt to Kira's. Okay. Why did you pick Kira? Oh, she's my idol. She's still my idol. Yeah. yeah, I just first I just love how she rides, and and I'd seen quite a bit of her at Jan's because oh, okay. they bring her in every month to do Kinetic clinics. Okay. So I was familiar with the style of training, yeah. and um, keep talking. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, basically, I went over to England in with three. Well, P 
PJ got hurt, so I had to leave him at home. And um, went to England. Had a hell of a time getting in the country. They wouldn't let me in. They said I needed a sports visitor's visa. So I had to go home and get that. And uh, But they did let me in eventually. And uh, Schumacher ended up winning the six-year-old international championships at Hickstead that summer. Yep. So what year are we in now? That would have been 2011. Oh, 11, okay. And I said to, to Fritz, I said, don't worry, Fritz, I'm going to, because I could already do like four one tempies on Roosevelt at that point when I, before I left. I said, don't worry, I'll be showing him the I-2 by the fall. I did that horse didn't do an I-2 until June of 2012. He had such a hard time learning the one-tumpies. And, and um, you know, the thing I have to say about Kira and Richard is that if you show up and you're like, this is what I have to work with, they will figure a way to help you sort it out. And they, both of them, busted their butts to help me get better as a rider, trainer, and get this horse educated. I mean, a lot of people, I think, would have said, Allie, you're wasting your time. Okay. Because he, they didn't, absolutely not. And he, as he became a Grand Prix horse, he got very hot. And all of a sudden, I had this horse that I could do this amazing trot tour on him, and then he couldn't canter. He got too tight in the back. Yeah. And then, so there was a lot of struggle with that. And he was quite explosive when I first started showing him. Like, really explosive. Um, We experimented, and, you know, and trying to you know playing with different ways to explain it to him and like and at one point you know they let me fumble around with it for a very long time and then they finally said all right we need to divorce you from the situation and Kira wrote him for a couple weeks and helped start you know putting in a new mechanism which really helped me and um and then it just took time like he just took time for him to get comfortable with it Jump or jump no, no, it was, it was proper training. Yeah. Um, and then I brought him and Schumacher back. Um, and I did actually bring PJ over later because I was in England for a year and a half, but he got hurt again. So I couldn't make a run at London with the horse, he was just not sound enough so to do it. Your, yeah, yeah. And uh, brought Rosie and Schumacher back. Shumi, uh, we ended up having to retire because he's got a strange eosinophilic disorder. So he's in a field, and that's a real shame because he was probably the best horse I've ever had. Um, But he learned, I mean, he learned everything, too. He just was so trainable and rideable. But his disease got the best of him a bit. So... um, so then I hear I have Roosevelt, and, you know, he's like the standing little tough guy that just kept, kept going. going and kept going. And so is he breeding? He is, and we, it made his back too sore, yep. and I'm sure yeah, yeah. when I'm when I'm done uh, competing him, we'll open him up to people. Yeah. So how old is he now? He's 14 this year. Okay. And uh, he sort of, you know, I started doing the I-2, and he was still pretty explosive, mm-hmm. but he ended like the last side to it. Did he got a 75? And this is without a whip. That was really important for me too. That he was like honestly doing stuff without a whip. And so was it just the whip that got him hot, or did you? I mean, obviously they need to be a bit hot. No, you know, I start always with the with the young Grand Prix horses. I always carry whip so that I they know that that I can correct them yeah. and that they have a job to do in there. Yeah. yeah. 
but and then he started doing his Grand Prix and that was a whole not, like he started at 60% and then just kept notching yeah. it back up yeah. and in 2014 he you know I came back to Virginia and did a big national show we have um, dressage at Lexington and yeah. he won the Grand Prix the first day on like a 73.5 or 8 oh, or something right. and the second day he got a 77 and since then he's been really pretty solid he won Devon um, dressage at Devon the Grand Prix and the special the CDI um, I was the first to go in for the Grand Prix, and he had the highest score of both Grand Prix classes. Yeah, so that was really cool. Yep. And um, how did you get him out? Just so much practice getting him out. Yes, getting him out, and you know, I realized that it didn't matter what I did at home; he had to get used to the environment. Yeah. And that I needed to take my lumps in the back national rings and just wait until he could cope with everything yeah. and be rideable. Yeah. Um, How long do you reckon it took until he got the hang of things again? It took him, he had a little bit of time off between 2013 and 2014 because Mm -hmm. he got a bit foot sore at the first CDI I took him out at. But it it took that horse, you know, uh, a good year. And then as he... Yeah, as I started um, doing the CDIs in Wellington, like he had to do freestyle under the lights, which was very, that was very hard for him initially. Um, but he just, the more I went out and did it, the better he got. And and I also, too, I won't run my horse more than once a month if possible. So I'm not showing every, I don't, I don't believe in it. I mean, unless the horse has unlimited, unless they have unlimited energy, you know, I think you got to be careful too, because you can. Because you want them to be Grand Prix horses, exactly. So, I try to ride a real fine balance with that. And this this year in particular, I I pulled him out. I had some issue. I did a show in January, and then in the five star in February. And he thought the special he was supposed to be doing his freestyle pattern. And so I stopped, I didn't show him for a month, and this was really hard. Oh, okay. I pulled him out and just started and just schooled him at home until I knew I could stop the one tempies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and then came back out, so and he got not being able to do them. Like, yeah, then he was. Yeah, it's one of his easiest things now. But um, he came out and he got seventy four and seventy four, wow. and that guaranteed me my slot to get on the tour for for this. To go. To yes, Europe. to go to Europe. So. I mean, the Ameri- I mean, you've obviously done incredibly well yeah. the team as well. So, how, what do you think is the secret in terms of? It looks very polished and very. We are very incredibly know? cohesive as a unit, as a group, as yeah. all the trainers and riders involved. Who are you train with now? Uh, Michael Barrison. Okay. Yeah. And um, uh, we don't leave any. Nothing is left on. No stone is left unturned. Yeah. And. Whether that's the training, the health, the travel, the like, we're meticulously focused on details. Yeah. And Robert has done a very good job. He's been amazing. He's he's done a very good job rallying and being like, all right, everybody, I expect brilliance and greatness out of you, and nothing you're not less. Turning up. You're not just turning up. No, you're you better be. Yeah. I, I do too. I do too. So, um, but but I will say we 
we've all been living together for the past three months. Yeah, we say. all like each other. We, I, I mean, I really feel like I've just gained three best friends. Yeah. It. We're also a proper team. Like, we are. And are you all so? How do you run? Like a day in Europe. Yeah. You've all got your own trainers. Yeah. You are turning up or. When do you train together, or you don't, or you? Just well, we all together? sort of, we all sort of train together, and then when we're not, when we're not, uh, like, we watch each other ride. Yeah. When our trainers aren't here, we watch each other ride and help each yeah. other. It's okay. it's a very uh, friendly, open, supportive environment. Yeah, has been from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Let me um, just check this thing. Make sure it's still running. Yeah, still running. Awesome. Good. So. Um, and that started basically that real team focus closed. Yeah, I mean Laura Casey and I had been showing all winter together, and we had you know we were even stabling together back were then. You? Oh yeah, we were we were our bar name was all for one and one for all. Like we're cool. we're tight. So, so do you think that um, would have it worked so well if half of you were in Europe and half of you were in America? Or I mean, is it? You really got to work together like that. Do you think yeah. that's the best way? Well, I think it works really well if you have the right people involved. I think if you had somebody in there that was a, a troublemaker, it would be really difficult to spend that much time with them. Yeah. Yeah, BZ's amazing. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um. Yep. Yeah, yeah, no problem. She, she's an incredible lady. Amazing. Um, yeah, no, it's just interesting because America, I mean, obviously Robert Dolby's been working for, for some time. And yep. He's just done such an incredible job, and it's just really interesting to pull apart a little bit yep. how it, I mean, as a writer's perspective. Yeah. It's, you know, you've... You've been expected to really pull your way. Absolutely. Really. Yeah. And, what, and everybody, what was cool about this, everybody contributed to that medal. Yeah. You know, I was the drop the first day. Casey was the drop the second day. Yeah. Everybody did what they needed to do, and you know. And think the, um, how has the whole thing changed you in terms of, or if it hasn't at all, in terms of how you will approach your training now, or you just daily working, or you well, just think it's... I think, honestly... I think it was. It's always very good to watch good riders and good horses every day, like yeah. schooling and doing their thing. And yeah. I feel like I learned a lot watching my teammates school. Yeah. And like, and Debbie helped me a lot in July when yeah. Michael wasn't there, and you okay. know, and Stefan also too. He has these incredible little tidbits that he'll throw out there every once in a while, where you're like, okay. oh, thanks for that. That was that was good. <laughs> I don't think I just learned something, you know, and. Um, that's funny. And then also, too, I think just the pressure of coming over to Europe and showing in the big shows is really important to come out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And, um... It's totally different. Totally different. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Totally different. I mean, Global has quite a bit of atmosphere in its own right. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, nothing like... There's, you know, Rotterdam was just a zoo. Really? Yeah. That horse show is... There's a lot of atmosphere there and a lot of pressure. And so, how do you cope with the pressure? Are you just naturally. No, I have a I have a sports psychologist that I worked with for yeah. years, and and I actively work at making sure that I'm. Like. I think that was a Canadian. 
Yeah. That's right. Uh, mentally and emotionally in a good space. Like, I work at it yeah. with the and therapist. Do you physical, other physical stuff? Uh, no, I'm not really good about that. I should. Like, Casey actually exercises and does stuff. Stefan works out every day. Laura and I just look at them and go, have fun. <laughs> we'll, we'll have a glass of wine. Thank you. Um, no, but one of the things that helped me stay a little, little bit more sane on this trip is that we had just purchased a new uh, coming five-year-old mare, so I had her with me in Belgium. Oh, did you? Yeah. So yeah. And it also, it's such a good reminder to be on young horses. You're like, wow, this is an incredibly long road, and you really appreciate, you know, you're... And, yeah, and that the horse, like Roosevelt at this point is a, you know, he's got a Ph.D., yeah. as far as I'm concerned, yeah. you know. He's made it all the way to the top level, and... It's a long journey. Yeah, it's incredible. So, um, so you obviously like your wine. Is yeah. You're down. You're downer. Yeah, that's my downer. Yeah, yeah. So, what do you do when you're not writing? Or there's no such. Thing? I'm, I'm a nerd. Yeah, there's really no such you thing. Like writing books. No, yeah, I read a lot, um, but you know, I'm. I'm completely addicted to what I do. So, if I'm not, if I'm not writing myself, I'm out there teaching. Are you? Yes. So. Um, and I think that also too, I think it's important to learn how to teach what you're doing and not just get so that it's so automatic you can't break it down for people. Mm-hmm. So, What's the most important thing you, you want your clients, you know, your students, is it um, you know, get your position right or the horse has to be going in a certain way before we can move on or do you have a thing that's your real your thing or it's just mm-hmm. not really? Uh, you, I think the most important thing is what attitude you bring into the ring. Yeah. And if you come in as a defensive student, uh-huh. you are going to have a very hard time getting better. You know what I mean? Uh, you've got to be you have to be thing. willing to change. Yeah. And and because I, I think it's like anything else, it's very individual. And some people have naturally a good position and feel. Some people don't. And um, some people need help with their timing. Yeah. Some people need really specific technical things with the exercises and and you have to be flexible as an instructor but i can't help you if you can't hear me yeah 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 so that's really for me i suggest that people that they be a good student and be open to it and just remember and work at it work at it and you know because if you do the same thing you know you get the same And when, um, so you know what? They have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Okay, I like it. Yeah. And if you can, if you, if you're okay with that, you grow a lot more. Yeah. And actually quicker. Yeah. That's good. I like yeah. That. Good yeah. And so here, first Grand Prix at the Olympics. What were you thinking? I was like, oh my god, I'm at the Olympics. And then I did have that moment. And then the other thing... Should do a turn left or right at the end? No. Well, no, but I will tell you, when I started my canter tour, I I started listening to the music, and it was was freestyle music from Anki's Old Cure on Bonfire. But Maria? No, it it was... um, um, A song song blue, no? No, it was fading like a flower. Oh, okay. Okay, and I heard it, lost count of where I was at, went, oh shit, I'm not sure what, ch- I still kept riding my twos, but I'm sure I missed the last two because I came you off, I came off focus. So, 
that was my big mistake for the first day and I was mortified over it and um, and I said I'm not doing that for the special and I didn't I was right you know he was much better and much so how do you keep from I guess going to sports psychologist as well how do you get from that meltdown moment just so you're going I'm just thinking of what I would probably oh I my when I'm in the in the tests, I am going. I am already on the next movement. If I've had a mistake, I don't care. You, you I'm already on. Yep, yeah. I drop it and go. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. And then afterwards, I look back and look at my video and go, shit. You know, that's yeah. where I drop the ball there. Yeah. And then I can think about it and process it. Yeah. So, any um, kid, teenager coming up through the ranks, would you have any advice for them? Or have the teenager? You know. Um, the best thing they can do work work their ass off go find whoever they admire the most go beg them for a job go beg them for a job and work your if you think you're working hard work harder what's your day right now at home like how many horses would you not well because I've been gone and we were preparing for this. It's we shifted. Yeah, we shifted everything around quite a bit. So, um, and I've also had a couple that have just retired, and so right now we sort of feathered some of them out. Yeah, I've got three at home. Okay. Um, but that's a very small number, you know. So when we get back, you know, I have the new mare coming, and then I'm sure we're going to look for some more young horses. And I prefer to buy them four or five. You, you like making them? It's better. You like the process. It's better. Yeah, yeah. You know everything about them. Yeah. It's better. Yeah. You know, you, you don't have to guess who did what to them when. Yeah. So. And what's Roosevelt like as a person? He is the he is lovely. He is a very sweet sweet stallion. Yeah. Loves to be dirty. Loves loves his turnout time. He loves to sunbathe, like lay down and sunbathe. He sticks his tongue out and he wants you to pet it. Which is what my groom did the entire medal ceremony. She just sat there holding his tongue, and he was quiet as a church mouse. Um, he he's very he's a very friendly horse. Um, two other horses and with people, like he's very. Um, he also has this wicked playful streak, which comes out in the jog, which is not funny, because he he really bounces around and can be kind of a strong idiot when he's playful. But he does he doesn't have a mean bone in his body, like and. You know, honestly, like that whole period of me trying to get him acclimated into the ring and stuff, he was just trying a little too hard and taking it a little too seriously in a way. And he just needed time to realize he could do it and relax. Yeah. And enjoy this. Yeah. But he's lovely. If you went back and spent time with him, you'd go, this is the sweetest dad. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody loves him. He's, He's such a nice guy. Yeah travels well I mean he's just he's just a, a wonderful horse yeah. and when do you um, when do you guys go back um, we go back we have to fly back to Europe spend a week in Europe to avoid screwworm quarantine and then we fly directly from Amsterdam to Miami on the 25th okay. and then my horse and my both my horses go directly into CEM quarantine um, he'll be in for about five weeks, and he's got to cover two mares. Oh, yeah, it's a nightmare. And then the mare will be about two weeks. It's a pain in the ass. 
Yeah. Downtime. Yeah. Yeah. No, he'll, he, he, he's going to think it's the best reward ever. I got a medal and I get to go home and have sex. He's, he's going to be, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, and he's, he'll have basically the rest of the year off, like just hacking and just like no school. He doesn't need any school. And what do you look like, look for in a horse? Anything in Char- character first. They have to be honest and forward thinking. Um, the the next thing I look for, they have to have a good walk okay. and a good canter. Yeah. And then I go, I want a super hind leg. I don't care if they're a little bit shuffling in the front, in the trot, okay. but they have to have a good hind leg yeah. and a good top line. Mm-hmm. So um, things can't be too hard for them. Yeah. But mostly, if they have a good character, yeah. you could get a lot done yeah. with less. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah. Um, Ooh. Yeah. So that to me is really important. Yeah. That that good temperament. Yeah. That and they want to do it. Yeah. And do you get back to Hawaii much? I do. In fact, uh, I go back once a year, and I'll be going home this fall. Um, I wanted to go home for my, my grandmother's turning ninety oh, in September, but I have a feeling I'm not going to be able to go home for that. But I, I'll go home for sure October, November, yeah. something like that, for a week and a half or something. The yeah, they're very proud. I bet they are. Yeah, they are freaking out. <laughs> Everybody's so happy from Hawaii because it's a small place, you yeah. know. So. Could be the new Hawaiian celebrity. Well, they it's it's pretty funny. They're pretty excited. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, well done. Yeah, thank it's you. Great to watch. You know, well, and then I'm in the final, which is crazy. I wasn't planning on it. Do you remember your test? No. Oh, awesome. I've never ridden it before. You've never ridden your race? Not well. I've ridden parts of it, but I haven't. I haven't ridden it since we filmed it. To, so no, I'm not. Oh, awesome! Well, I'm not. <laughs> At least you can kind of make it up a little bit if it doesn't. Come. I meant to do that. Yeah. Do you have to put your plans in though. No, yeah. you don't have to. Not yet, but yeah. <laughs> no, we're we're gonna be winging it, but. In some ways, it'll be it'll be fine. I'll be able to have fun. I'll be in the first group, and it's just this is just icing on the cake. Yeah, I made it to yeah. the final in the Olympics. Yeah. it's all good. Yeah, you know, it's a nice problem to have. Yeah, exactly. And that's what psychologists will come in. Yeah. And you're going, I don't know what to. Oh, oh I'll be fine. Yeah, I'm not worried about it.